and for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller. And we're with you here until noon. Uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list. So what's coming up on the show today at the bottom of the hour? As promised, for you Husker fans out there, we will take our last look. Uh, kind of put a bow on the 2021 disappointing season for those Nebraska Cornhuskers. But they did see Michigan, and Sip is going to join us. We'll pick his brain on Michigan, which was a game. Uh, if you recall, TC, the game in Lincoln, that was right down to the wire. Mm-hmm. One of the ones, one of the many, the team was going to go the Huskers' way only for them to find a way to give it away. So sip on that. I don't know if you've seen, I've saw, seen, speak, speak English. Uh, if you saw any of the uh, the Huskers' hoops last night, quadruple overtime. I No, didn't see, outside of highlights, did not see any oh of that one. Oh my gosh. I did for some reason. You were locked in. I was. I got to it about twelve minutes left in regulation, mm-hmm. and then four overtime periods later, there was a brawl. Really? Uh, there was some great shot making. There was some piss poor play on display. Um, so we'll do a little bit on that as they will come up on the Hawks schedule at mm-hmm. some point. Uh, speaking of which, is the Miller and Condon Twitter account ready? Ah, uh, no, not yet. Okay, but it we'll will keep be that soon. Under wraps, all right, uh, for the time being. But we're going to give you Hawkeye fans a chance to win tickets for Monday home Big Ten opener against Illinois. Pretty big game. It is a big game. Doctor Stephen Fuller, FullerDental.net, has given Trent and I, I think, six different games. Uh, throughout the regular season, and the first of which is Monday against Illinois. Please don't try to win the tickets if you're not going to go. I get that it's a Monday night, and Mondays in some households, it's it's more difficult for those of you in Central Iowa to get to Iowa City on a Monday than it is on a weekend. Mm -hmm. We get that. Um, But if you are in a spot where you can and you would like to win them, you can go to the Miller and Cotton Twitter account. We'll give you the details coming up here oh, in a few minutes. So Sipple starts off the show, and then Lee Sterling will follow him in here. We will pick Lee's brain on, if not all, most of the championship games from the weekend, get his take on what we think we'll see beginning tomorrow night with a couple of them, and then obviously a very, very busy day on Saturday. Uh, at 11.05, Wade Looking Build played for the Hawkeyes. He will join us for the first of what will be multiple visits from uh, Wade uh, throughout the basketball season. We'll get his take on what he's seen and what he anticipates to see tomorrow night as Iowa will collide with Purdue. I couldn't help myself. I opened the app. I went down that path again. Oh, no. Got him at 9-1, to one, Purdue to win it all. And, and it pays to shop around because Circa yeah. and DraftKings were both 8. Logged on to my Bet Rivers account, 9-1. to one. That's what it's about, right? That's what it's all about. Yes, so you take the best price, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so that's what I did at Bet Rivers. Not saying that it's still nine to one, but if you're like to bet futures, and I do, I'd, I'd much rather bet a future than bet a game. Don't know what it you is. You win. Yeah, I'm uh, different. See, you know what it is, Trent? It's I think that 
I, I keep going back to the one that I was a terrible talk show host. <laughs> the morning after, or the night of, when 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 Drake picked off Hoiberg's <laughs> Iowa State team. Remember that one? Yes. I, very vividly, and I made the biggest bet of my life because I thought it was a cinch. But then I become jaded. I look at it from a better's eye, and this uh-huh. kid stinks and can't make a shot. And not, it's just it's better when I don't bet games. I, I don't think my opinion on the game is skewed from a betting perspective. I can look at it more honestly. So that's why I don't bet games. Gotcha. Makes a little more sense. Right. Futures, on the other hand, have at it, and I do. And you love those lottery tickets to go with it. Absolutely. And you got some action all season long, which is you know, which is fun. That's how I look at it. Anyways. You got to uh, stop betting them, though, when after they play well. That's true. You got to get them before that. Right. Either before that or uh-huh. when they go in a slump. A team you like. Yeah, the slump. Wait. Right. And then you go after them. Well, I bet the Colts are thirty to one. Now they're forty to one because they got beat. Right. Eh. Anyways, uh, but uh, enough about that. In the eleven o'clock hour, Wade looking Bill, as we mentioned, and then we'll get Bill Bender in here uh, from the Sporting News, pick his brain on the games, and obviously catch up with Bill on all of the coaching news that seemingly I means Oklahoma still got an opening. Um, yep. But Notre Dame doesn't apparently. Tommy Reese is going to stay. Uh, as the OC, and Marcus Freeman is going to be elevated at the age of 35 with no head coaching experience to take the reins with the Fighting Irish. And Trent, it seems like a really popular pick. Oh, no doubt. And this is something that has continued to trend this direction. Well, look at Lincoln Riley. Had no head coaching experience. Yeah. Did pretty well. Yep. Young guys mm-hmm. can do the job in that CEO, CEO role. But he had Stoops' stamp of approval. Sure. And I'm, I'm not sure that they would reach out to Brian Kelly to get his take on, on Freeman. Because he wanted to bring him with him. Right. That probably says enough, right? Yeah. yeah. That probably um, speaks volumes, actually. That's the stamp uh-huh. of approval you're looking yeah, that's for right, right that's there. That's a good point. What do you have that? So it's, uh, it's an interesting move. It's, I think, a great move, though. And we're seeing this happen more and more. Young guys getting jobs yeah. and being able to do it right away. Mm-hmm. We see this continue to happen in the NFL. And Sean McVay kind of brought in a new era mm-hmm. of going after these younger guys, the offensive minds, and seeing it happen, though a defensive mind here with Freeman, certainly, I think, the right move. I, I You look at the other names that were out there, there just wasn't a whole lot that excited the fan base. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it's about. It's not about winning no. the press conference. It's right. about winning games. Because you can win every press conference, but if you're losing games, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that also play out many different times in the past. But, yeah, I think this is the one that I wasn't sure they were going to go to the route, but... If I was a Notre Dame fan, with the list of names that I saw, yeah, that's the guy that I'd want to. Well, and in particular, inside the walls, this, this is the guy that they wanted. Uh, so we'll see. Um, Xavier Wompkins, he was in his living room last night. Ryan Day. Oh, yeah? Yes. Is, um, I mean, that pushes on big time. Right. For him. When's he going to, is he going to announce when? Is not it? Is it next week? It's coming up quick, yeah. Right around the corner that he'll Oof. make that decision. Notre Dame, they'll mm-hmm. have to do some re-recruiting. But I'm going to guess that Marcus Freeman yeah. probably is doing a lot of the recruiting Absolutely. for Xavier Wampa. So, yeah, that's not going to be a defensive coach is now his head coach. Right. I, I would think if Notre Dame was his school, that uh, certainly nothing has changed with Brian Kelly walking out the door. All right, a couple of things. Kind of a potpourri segment. Uh, let's do Iowa State, first of all, mm-hmm. basketball last night. Trent, I thought that they would struggle. And they didn't. They struggled early in the game. They did. I mean, the offense was yuck. Ooh. 
It was it was seven five for like four minutes, right? And then then uh, Pine Bell finally scored, and it was nine five nine five nine five. Miss miss miss, and then they got going a little bit. Uh, Kalsher, who was so good against Memphis with thirty, he struggled to shoot last night. Uh, both of his buckets were threes, which is kind of right. Um, you know, an oddity, I guess. Not that he can't make the three, but he only made two of them, uh, two shots yesterday, and they were both threes. But uh, you know, it stuck off, um, stood out a little bit to me. Trey Jackson had a nice game by his standards. Yeah, I thought he was okay last night. You know, and Caleb Grill, I wasn't sure what kind of role there was going to be for him. We we saw there him as a freshman. One. As a freshman, he was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It seemed like at the time, maybe the Big Twelve was a little. Too I agree steep, with you that he should have. Been a South Dakota State yep. type of player. Yep. Then he went to UNLV. Didn't see a ton of them. And he came back and, it, well, okay. It's a nice story. Comes back to where he started, okay. But ultimately, is he going to be good enough to be even a rotational player in the Big 12? He's absolutely that. Yeah. I mean, he's hitting shots, mm-hmm. and this team needs shooting. Mm-hmm. Because... Kalsher's not a shooter, even as he no, hit, he's just not. I'm starting to come around that uh, it's not. I've been come telling back. you for three years now. Well, I remember him as a freshman. And that and he was, was a shooter. He was well, a freshman. He wasn't in high school. Yeah, he was one year, and now we have three years mm-hmm. of evidence. But I, but I remember him, and and he, to this day it's carried over. I mean, his defense. Oh he, yes, he's a junkyard dog, and that's what we've said about this team uh-huh. going back to even last week going into the tournament. They're going to be defensively good. They're mm-hmm. going to be solid on that end of the floor. And if they can just get some semblance, and it's a game where, hey, we need three threes off of, off the bench from Grill. Might be those kind of nights, but they have those kind of pieces there. I'm with you. you know, Jackson, he can get that night where he's really going. Yeah. He got that going last right. night. Coots, we know, he can hit shots. Yeah. And he hits that corner three a couple of times. Those are the kind of things that they're going to need from go from nice story, fun November to... We're sitting here in February yeah. and saying, you know what? They're not out of it, Trent. They're not out of you it. You can make a case if they do X, Y, and Z. And I didn't think that was going to be the I case didn't either. for either of the heavy heads in no, the state. No. I didn't think we were realistically going to get them with either mm-hmm. of them. And now it feels like there's going to be an opportunity. I'm with you. And you know, and you said something to me when we were out at lunch a couple of days ago, um, and the Cyhawk basketball game came out, uh, came up. And I asked you what the point spread's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. I just thought I would be favored. Now, I'm not saying they would have been favored significantly, but you think the clones are going to be a, a slight favorite on th- a, week from, a week from tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, a week from tonight. week from, uh, yeah, it's Thursday. Uh, currently at Ken Palm, in fact, uh, it has flipped back the other way. So it? when I looked at it initially, and this was before the Iowa win, I think, against Virginia, Iowa State was favored by two. Currently, I was favored by four. Now that's a little, and more that's like kind of it. where your line of thinking right. was. Now, Iowa gets beat by forty by Purdue, uh-huh. and gets beat by uh, Illinois. That line could adjust mm-hmm. too. Iowa State goes across the state, beats Creighton. Yeah, yeah. And then then that conversation changes more. Maybe that number mm-hmm. is even higher. Again, also the Ken Palm numbers are not strictly this year. There's also a lot of elements to last year's numbers, and that's dissipated even since Monday. And so I wonder if that's a part of it. Yeah, last year's numbers for Iowa, that still were a portion. And Iowa State's numbers from a year ago, and we know how bad those were. So as that starts to go away and it moves to strictly just this year, yeah, you're going to be right. Iowa State's oh. going to be favored in the game. And uh, I, I think they'll still be favored. Right? I, I, I don't know. I, I could see it being a pickle. But uh, regardless, uh, we'll, we'll know a week from today. By the mm-hmm. way, I was exchanging text messages last night with the biggest Ken Palm fan other than you <laughs> that I'm aware of. And just incredulous that I, I don't know why I just haven't become a disciple of Ken Palm. It just, it paints a picture 
for me of things that I like to see. I am not deep into the numbers. Analytics, I just want to see if it matches. And that's the same thing with pro football focus. I, I don't, in football, marry myself to those numbers. Yep, that has to be what it is. Because there's times I see some of those numbers and I say, that is completely different yeah. than what I saw on the football field. And the same thing with Ken Pomeroy. But it at least gives you a kind of a basis, a place to back up some of your numbers. And the things that I absolutely have no clue. You know, defensive efficiency. I see a guy, already, he's got a couple steals. You kind of look at those numbers. He's got some block shots. Got to be a good defender, right? And then you see some of those advanced analytics because you say, well, he's got numbers, but hes I don't think he's that good of a defender. And that can help kind of lead down that direction. Well, see. he fires like you do. Yeah. I mean, he's got five TVs in his setup. Every, and this is his, these two months, November and December, uh-huh. that's where he makes his bones betting on sports, on college basketball, first two months of the season. And he just absolutely swears by it. Yeah. Swears by it, so you got to teach me. Anyways, <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, well, not real quick, let's take our time on this. Baseball is locked down, but before we do that, Cubs got Marcus Stroman yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think it's a terrific signing. Absolutely. I really do. Three years. Three years. To, uh, he has opt out after two. Uh, 25 mil the first two, and I think the, the final year is 21, 22 million. Uh, but regardless, he's going to be a Cub for at least two years. This is a good player, Trent. I watched him a lot. Uh, with with the Jays, uh, and he was the ace of their staff. Uh, you know what he is too. He fields his position. Oh, really? He's a Gold Glove winner. Okay. Um, he's incredibly bright. He graduated from Duke. Um, and he's a he's a fiery kid. He's not the biggest guy. If you don't, if you've never seen him, he's like five ten. Nah. But he he's can listed at five seven. Is he? Re- is that what he's listed at? At least wow, that's what ESPN.com has him as. Wow, I five, thought he was seven. bigger than that. Yeah, and he can bring it. Yes, um, good player. So now all of a sudden, you've got either Hendricks Stroman or Stroman Hendricks mm-hmm. into Wade Miley, um, Cy Miley as we like to call him. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad, no. That's not terrible. In that division, that is still not a heavyweight division. Right. You don't have the Dodgers. Nope. You got the Brewers. You have the Brewers. And the Cardinals, Sure. to be fair. They're good, Uh huh. but you don't look at that as a division where you got to win 95 games to win the division. No, 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 no. That could happen. Sure. Usually somebody separates you. 88, 89. That's a realistic spot Uh to get to. They still got a lot more work, though, to to get to that spot. No question. I, I thought that, and, and Cappy said this repeatedly uh, leading up to uh, this period of time, free agency, that they thought they, he thought they were going to make a splash. Mm-hmm. Well, Marcus Stroman is a really nice signing, but it's not Correa. Or it's not, you know, one of the, one of the shortstop story. Who I saw a report last night, if the Cubs offer him a market deal, he will sign with the Cubs. Really? And I can't... I'm kicking myself now because it just wants something, you know, you scroll through and oh, yeah. kind of piques your interest. I didn't even click on the article, but that was out there from somewhere. Mm-hmm. No idea where. Last night it could have been just some, you know, random guy that got retweeted and it came into my timeline. You never know exactly how that worked. But you feel like, all right, so the back end, you mentioned the top three. You got Alec Mills. Yep. You got Alzali. Yep. You need another veteran, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you go into the season with those six, I think you're feeling pretty good. I think so. The way that they cobbled together that bullpen yep. last year, yep. maybe you have some confidence that Jed Hoyer mm-hmm. be able to do that again and find a couple of guys off the scrap heap. It's a crapshoot as it pertains to building a bullpen on the cheap, if you will. Yeah, some tough. years it works. Right. 
Some years it doesn't. Yep. It sticks out like a sore thumb. I know it very well as a Twins fan because they had cobbled together for three consecutive years, and then this past year, it all blew up. And they were terrible, and they blew a ton of games. So you never know exactly how that's going to go. Oh, this guy's got some good underlying numbers, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. You're guessing more than anything when it pertains to those relievers. And you look at the core right now, it doesn't exactly inspire a whole lot of confidence. This is what they have listed right now, their bullpen depth chart. Hoyer, Alfras. Wick, who's okay. Yeah. Tommy Nance. Is Wick going to be the closer? Well, it'll be Rowan Wick. I was talking about, oh, Brad Week. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Michael Rucker. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. a lot of mm, scratching your head. Right, and, a lot of guys seemingly played, spent a lot significant time here in Des Moines. And honestly, I didn't watch a whole lot of August and September. Nor did I, uh, sadly, because I, I, I love it. But um, anyways, the bigger story, obviously, in baseball is the, is the lockout. And to nobody's surprise, the players are pointing their finger at the owners, and the owners are pointing their finger right back at the players. Uh, you mentioned that you watched baseball tonight, last night on mm-hmm. ESPN. Give me uh, kind of a flavor of what the, of, of how they were approaching it, how they were looking at it. Were they of the belief, like a lot of people are, well, you know, it's just going to be, they're going to just give them some time. February will roll around. The owners will realize if they don't open the gates for spring training, the, they're not making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the, you know, obviously it's one of their big revenue generators. So, yep, they're going to be locked up for a while, but it'll all get done. What What's ESPN? What were they saying? And basically everybody that we've talked to, you know, Matt Snyder back during the season when we have him on on a weekly basis, it, it felt like for most everybody it was – yeah, there's probably going to be plenty of bad, but ultimately they are going to both come to the conclusion, we can't go this route. Mm-hmm. We we can't go down the path of any kind of stoppage, losing any kind of games. The game just cannot afford it at this point to do something like that. And listening to Buster Olney and Jeff Passan, Eduardo Perez was on it, Carl Ravitch, of course, was the, the moderator, the lead host of it. Yeah. It was a very down group, I thought, last night. I watched it a lot longer than I originally anticipated. I thought, yeah, I'll watch the first 10 minutes. And I was kind of riveted, you know, hearing these guys and, and some of the negative toes. These guys are not negative guys either. Mm-hmm. You think of that group of guys, yeah. very optimistic. Tim Kirchin was there. And he was talking about, you know, the shutdown of 1980, was it 81, 82? And going through that as a young reporter at mm-hmm. the time. And he said, this is as ugly as he's seen since then. And think of, wow. we had a stoppage. Right. We had a lost season. We lost the World Series, for God's sakes. And he said this is as ugly as he's seen huh. since before that even. So you go through and you hear these people that are optimistic baseball guys and, and painting in these tones. And these are not alarmists. We're not talking about Stephen A. Smith here. <laughs> these are guys that love the game. And it was a very somber tone. And that really stuck with me watching it last night. Not taking any individual things that they were saying. Just It was more of a tonal type of uh, mm. conversation that they all seem pretty down. It's a game they all love. It's mm-hmm. a game that you and I love and yep. a lot of people out there. But I was surprised by that because everything that I had heard, everything that I would read was there's going to be ugliness, but they're going to get there. I didn't get that feeling last night that it's going to be maybe as cut as cut and dry as it seemed here going into the offseason. Well, and here's the, here's the thing. When you com- compare it to what the NFL does, the NFL owns – 
the the sports line, whether they're playing or not. Mm -hmm. They do such a good job of, there's very rarely, maybe the first week in July might be the only week where (laughs) there's no NFL news, whether it's the schedule, the draft, uh, the free agency, dot, dot, dot. They command uh, and and they drive the news cycle when it it comes to sports. This is a pretty important time for Major League Baseball Mm -hmm. because this is the the, the winter meetings are are, um, have now been uh, postponed or shut down. Free agency, which was really fun for the last few days because of the yeah. sense of urgency for some of these big names to sign. It felt like there was more buzz for baseball in the offseason than there has been. 100% agree. In, in a while. And it needs it, I think. Yes. Look, baseball's fine. You see the television contract. But we need, we, we as baseball fans need to have baseball fans coming up behind us. Younger generation of baseball fans. Does it, would a shutdown like this, I mean, what, what does it have to do to prevent people or persuade people to leave the game and never come back. Because the, the shutdown in 94 did. Yes, it did. I mean, that, the, when the World Series was, you know, it wasn't played. Right. A lot of folks, they'd say they have I've never been back. I've never watched it since then. I'm not sure if they believe them entirely. But what what is it going to take to for, for this to... You know, be a breaking point for some fans out there. Well, and think of how different it was back then. Think, Look at the World Series numbers, just in its own right, and how sports world was at that time and what an impact it made. And as baseball numbers continue to be down for it, but they're still making money hand over fist. Mm-hmm. They're still fine in that realm. And I think that'll be the frustrating part for a lot of people. Back then, and maybe it was just how I was as a kid, it seemed like so much was about the players. Hey, you're playing a kid's game. Shut up, take your money, <laughs> right. and just go do it. Yeah. And, and at least to me, this has evolved a lot more. And there's a lot more arrows pointing back to the owner saying, you're making so much money. These are the guys actually doing it. And your window is until you die. You're mm-hmm. making that money, and then guess what? Mm-hmm. Your kids are going to be making that yep. money, and your grandkids are making that money. These guys have sometimes two years, eight years, 12 years, whatever it is, and then it's over. And then it's over for them. So get them what they want. Get them what they need because these are the guys – ultimately out there doing it. And it feels like that conversation has shifted. And it's a whole lot easier, I think, in in this realm to say, I'm not giving any more money to those owners. Mm -hmm. If they're going to do this, if they're going to go this route, then yes, I'm out. I'm not going back to a game. I think the conversation has changed in the almost now 30 years since that point because of that part. I think more people are back on the player side. It's almost 30 years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Almost 30 years. Holy mackerel. Yeah, you've been doing this almost 30 years. And think of how baseball, how you did it initially compared yeah. to what we do. We talk more baseball than anybody else, certainly in our market. Sure. But this is a niche sport in comparison to mm-hmm. the heavyhead, which right. is football. King. Yes, king football, as you love to say, because it's absolutely true. And if you go down this route and if you take a niche sport and do it, you saw it with hockey. Yeah. Yeah, hockey was flying high. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest of my lifetime before that shutdown. What was mm-hmm. that, 1990? Well, it was after that. There was one in the 2000s. And that one didn't even register because yeah. at that point, most everybody was out. Right. <laughs> and that's how much it hurt him. Unless your birth certificate says Canada, it's <laughs> right. a great point. Baseball cannot afford that because of the way the sport is currently uh-huh. constructed. This is scary. As somebody that loves baseball as a whole, I just I can't imagine that these two sides can't figure this out. But here we are. 
Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't sound promising. I wish I would have seen baseball tonight to get uh, kind of a feel for what uh, uh, what you saw. We'll get our first time out. We'll head to Lincoln. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. I couldn't turn that game off last night. <laughs> I couldn't turn it off. We know you love Cornhusker basketball, though. <laughs> right. That's what it, it's like Kentucky football for you. Cornhusker basketball. That's my guilty pleasure. It is. <laughs> uh, this first kid's a good player. Um is Miller and Condon Twitter account ready to accept entries, or should uh, we do it during this break? We'll do it during this All break. Right. People, hustle over there. I will get it done during the break. Your chance to win Iowa-Illinois tickets Monday night at Carver. Right, and if you take it, it's going to be total points, Purdue and Iowa. And if you want, I don't know, 125, and somebody's taken that before you, and that's the number, the winning number, uh, the person who gets that number first is going to, uh, will be able to claim those tickets. Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net is where you can find them. Uh, they're in Altoona. They're on East 29th Street in Des Moines. Uh, Dr. Stephen Fuller providing us with tickets. I think the five or six games, the first of which Monday night at Illinois, the Miller and Condon Twitter account. We'll have it up momentarily. We'll take our break. Off to Lincoln, we'll go and we come back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 in West Des Moines. <laughs> It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For the final time in 2021, I hate when we come to these, when the curtain comes down on some of our seasonal guests. Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star. Although the Hawks and the Huskers will collide at some point during hoops, and we'll talk to Sip some point early 2022. But this is it for this year, Sip. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Sip, you know what? I, I Since I knew you were coming on today, I, I flipped over to ESPNU last night with about 12 minutes left in the uh, in, in regulation um, and and couldn't turn it off. I watched all four of the overtimes. I saw the brawl, uh, which was, I mean, could have got nasty, right? Um, just unfortunate that the Huskers couldn't put that one in the win call. We won't do a lot of basketball here, but we do have to start with that. Uh, it was entertaining, if nothing else. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. There's a lot to size up in that game. I'm trying to think about how to put three hours and 21 minutes of <laughs> yeah. real time in a nutshell. I mean, that it was a good matchup for Nebraska. The teams were pretty, I'd say they're evenly matched. Um, and you saw, I mean, Nebraska's got two really good players. Verge, for um, sure, is a hell of a player. Yeah, they got they got two really good players in Alonzo Verge. And that, that Bryce McGowan that you saw. The yes. Five star player, and he's averaging now. I mean, he's in the eighteen point a game range, and he's mm-hmm. he's really he's 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 as advertised. Um, reminds me a lot of George Gervin. I like having those cup conversations with you, Kenny, because yeah. you're so old. Oh, like me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, uh, but I don't know if Trent would. Did Trent, you know that name, George Gervin? Oh yeah, the Ice Man. I I got you. Okay, <laughs> you got so yeah, Nebraska. Uh, they're five and three. This is not the start they wanted. They opened Big Ten play against Indiana on Saturday, and people are kind of 
it seems like the fan base this year is kind of bracing for a <laughs> like a five and fifteen type Big Ten season. We'll see. I'm I'm a little more open minded than that. Well, good stuff. You know, just to, to Hoiberg briefly. Um, you know, there were a couple of times. I mean, Seabruns was was is NC State's. I mean, he's their. I don't want to say their whole team. Maybe that's unfair. But my God, he's head and shoulders above anybody on that roster. And and not finding a way to you know to prevent him from getting the ball on an inbounds pass, knowing he has to score to extend the game. And he basically just sashays through the lane, drops it in, and off we go. Um, is Hoiberg? Yeah. Is the honeymoon over in in Nebraska for Hoiberg? Is this an important year for him? Wow, that's a really good question because it's a it's a dynamic that it's really kind of hard to wrap your brain around or get a great feel for. He's so popular here, but the record is so bad that it's. I mean, he's won one true road game in Nebraska. You know um, that I, I don't. People are kind of grumbling, but it's almost like they're just kind of grumbling at nothing. Like it, it's not really directed at Fred. People want this this to work so badly mm-hmm. for Fred. And let's 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 face it; they're only it's only eight games in. But I, people seem like they think they have a really good read on this team. And if it goes like they think, I mean, the prevailing thought is like I said, eh, probably not. Probably a you know. Ninth to no higher than ninth in the Big Ten is what people are thinking. No higher than tenth, probably. Now, at the end of the year, what will that? What will that? Will there be a lot of vitriol directed toward Fred? I can't. It's a really hard dynamic. He's he's really popular. He's really likable. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Seabrun goes, I totally agree with you. He, I was calling him Sea Breeze because he was just breezing past whoever was trying to guard. But I mean, there was no, it was really, it was really striking how easy he was getting it really was. to the basket. It was. <laughs> so I don't know. I, that that conversation is going to evolve. Right now, I wouldn't say there's a lot of heat on Fred. Gotcha. It's a program that's never won an NCAA tournament game. It's a a program that's a long. Long climb up, and maybe they're getting there. McGowan's, you're right. He is a He's a good player. player. He makes that free throw. Yeah. Uh, the game's over, but <laughs> right. he only made one or two anyways. So uh, let's get into some football here. And, uh, well, we all want to hear you go back, at least uh, the Hawkeye fans here in the audience, go back and relive the last 18 minutes of the football game on Black Friday, Sip. It just felt like another one of those that as soon as that ball started to roll back the other way for Iowa – Nebraska just wasn't going to be able to start it, and that's the way it went. Block punt, safety, on and on and on. Kind of a, a microcosm, if you will, of the whole season for Nebraska football. It felt like those eight, last 18 minutes. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of predictable. I mean, I, I had said before the game um, that I just want to see Nebraska do play a game against Iowa where you can't really it, – it doesn't go according to script. It always seems like Iowa – be in this mindset. I almost have this vision of Kurt Ferentz telling his players, hey, just keep pressing. If it doesn't go well early, don't worry too much. Just keep pressing. Do what we do. We don't make a lot of mistakes. They'll make a mistake. They'll probably make a catastrophic mistake. (laughs) Be ready ready for that. We'll pounce on it. Um, They'll probably make more than one mistake, and we won't make a lot of mistakes. And we'll beat them with defense and special teams, and and we'll we'll just do our thing, and they'll do their thing. It's gotten really predictable, in my opinion. And when the 
but that's not – I don't I, – I feel like as I'm saying that, I'm kind of diminishing what Iowa did. And that punt block – Huge. That was, Yeah, it was huge. And I think it – based on what I heard from the Iowa camp, is it something they identified – it was something they identified during the week that if Nebraska was um, on, you know, lined up on the left hash, that they thought they could get there a certain way. And then think about how – galvanizing that would be for a for a player that you know we worked on this we saw this flaw and then we went and made it happen that's really there's a lot of that's really energizing and you could see the energy everything picked up then and then what happened one of the things that happened in my opinion it was stark was you know nebraska's quarterback logan smothers looked pretty good wasn't bad yep yep yeah but but then when the fourth quarter came around early, um, there was a pressure that changed. Now, now he's under pressure. Mm-hmm. Now there's stress. And I just remember, you know, I, I remember just thinking, I didn't, say, I didn't verbalize it, but I was thinking, I wonder, wonder what this is going to look like now as it, as it applies to the quarterback. And I thought he was just okay. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into the discussion. They ran Logan Smothers 24 times in that game. That's not sustainable. It was kind of a one-off type thing, and Iowa had to kind of deal with that. They dealt with it pretty well, and I, I might my hat's really off to Iowa. I mean, to get to ten and two, mm-hmm. and and seven and two, and they're not great. I mean, that's not a great team. They had to manage a lot. But what I think coaching is is managing the potholes, managing the the gaps in your roster. And I mean that's exactly what Ferris City earned all of his money. He yep. earned all of his money by by managing it. He managed their. I mean, you looked at Iowa and he said it. You know, we're not we're not we're not that pretty car on the lot. Right. Well, that's a pretty record, though. Yep. That's a pretty damn good record, and that I I have a lot of admiration for that. Uh, and the, you you mentioned it. I, I watched your uh, your post game chat with your colleague Parker um, on, on on Facebook. I think, or I hit a link, anyways. And I, I listened to you too. Uh, and you pointed out just the adjustments that they made defensively with the linebackers uh, in the second half, and that really worked uh, to Iowa's favor as far as shutting down the offense. The one the one th- thing that uh, in your conversation, Sip, that that uh, that stuck with me. Um, that I wanted to bring up, knowing we were going to have you on today. You think it's a long shot that Scott Frost does turn this around, uh, that uh, he's really got a lot of hurdles to get over for for Frost to be able to turn this around in the t- period of time, seemingly, uh, that Alberts is uh, is willing to wait. You think it's a long shot, Sip? Yeah, I, I mean, I do. I mean, I don't mind saying it. I he's, There's a lot that, think about it. He's, <clears throat> he's in the midst of hiring four new staff members on the, probably on the offensive side of the ball um, or not even probably I say probably because it might not just be the offensive side of the ball he you know you're talking about a new quarterback for sure you know you're gonna have a you're probably gonna have to go in the portal to get a quarterback um, so okay now just two things right there new offensive coordinator new offense new quarterback. Um. Okay, clock's ticking yeah. right now. Right. In, in college football, spring ball is going to be upon us, and you know you get 19 practices in the spring, and it better be a productive day every single day. Okay, 
because you know how it goes. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator, three other new coaches. You're probably going to have a new you're going to have a new offensive line coach, new receivers coach, um, new running backs coach. Um, Scott's going to pull back apparently and be more of a CEO. It's just massive, massive change. And it's not like, and then by the way, they start the season in Ireland against right. Northwestern. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just think um, that's a lot. And it's not like Northwestern in the opener is going to say, well, Nebraska's got all these changes. Maybe we should kind of take it easy. No, that's, teams will seize upon it. I mean, you play in all these teams like Iowa, Wisconsin, and Northwestern that have coaches that have been there forever, systems in place forever, and we don't even know as we stand here right now what system Nebraska is going to be running. So who's got the advantage? I mean, that's that's all. I'm, that's what I would ask. Smothers the guy. I know they're going to be kicking the tires on a lot of people in the transfer market, but if it doesn't come to that, if they don't be able to land somebody like that. How much do you trust Smothers as the quarterback of 2022? Smothers the guy. I could answer that question a lot easier if I knew what the offense was going to be. I, mm. I, he doesn't, if it's more of a, if, if, it's, if it's an offense that you have to throw the ball downfield, I, no, I don't think he's the guy. He saw it. He he's, a, he's a good, gritty, tough kid. He runs the ball really well, but he's really limited when you start asking him to throw it downfield. And so I don't know. I don't know what the offense is going to look like. Um, I don't think you come out of that game and say there is. There's your quarterback. I don't think it. I don't think it progressed that way. So again, there's a ton of unanswered questions here, and and that's why I'm saying. I. I mean, I. I'm not. I feel kind of bad saying that about Scott, but if you combine his record with what he's up against. And the fact he's probably, if you look at the way his contract is restructuring, the restructure, he's probably got to get it going fast. A lot of the stuff kicks in August 1st. All right, six games in. Um, he, he's got to, I think the, the prevailing sentiment here is that he's got to get it going fast. Or he might not make it through the year. Uh, Sip, we got I got two more questions for you, and we got like two minutes to get through them. So, does it sound like Adrian Martinez will not be back? And then you saw Michigan; uh, they were they were at Memorial Stadium. You saw the Hawks last Friday at Memorial Stadium. Uh, help us out with the Big Ten championship game. Um, so, those two to end it. Yeah, Adrian. I think we'll hear pretty quick on what that is. Um, I guess I would be sort of surprised if he comes back. But I do think we're going to hear quickly on that I, I, by the end of the day, as I guess. Um, and as far as the Michigan-Iowa game goes, there's hey, I don't think Michigan's offensive line is going to push around Iowa like it pushed around Ohio State. Uh, Iowa will will hang in there. Iowa, um, they can make it tough for Michigan. I, I. You know, I can't pick, I would never, I can't pick Iowa for the obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the obvious reasons you guys talk about every day, mostly that uh, <laughs> applies to the offensive side. Sure. Um, and Michigan's tough. Michigan's tough. They're just tough. There's two real tough teams. These are what Big Ten teams to me are. They're, they're very physical, they're very tough minded. Um, and it'll be, I think it'll be, I don't, you know, I think the spread's 10 and a half. I can't believe Michigan would, if Michigan wins, it would be by much more than that. 
Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star, and uh, mornings over in Lincoln, I think is 93.7, correct, Sip, on the FM dial? Yeah, 93.7 FM, uh, the ticket. I'm with a fabulous co-host. So am I. Yeah, you guys are great. I mean, I mean it. And I, I don't, I mean, I love doing this with you guys, so you can call any time. Um, and there's, there's got to be a lot going on here, so don't, don't hesitate. Okay? I promise we won't. Uh, Sip, uh, thanks for doing this all season long. Uh, we look forward to catching up uh, again next year, but we'll do, some, you know, we'll do some stuff in January, February. So we love talking to you. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. Yeah, guys. you do the Bye. same. Stephen Simple, Lincoln Journal Star. And big thank you to always to the Chicken Coop, our That's presenting sure. sponsor of Stephen M. Sipple. Throughout the football season, great place to go. Basketball season is here, mm-hmm. football games, and going to be out at the West Des Moines location here sometime in December. We'll give you more details as we get closer and closer not, to that. Not next week, the week after. I, th- or is, I don't know. It's coming. Anyways. It's coming. Look forward to it. I had, I had I'll be there time. this afternoon. Will you? Yeah, got Lunching? Lunch. Yes. I recommend the wings. John Cannon, our guy, yeah. our NBA guy. Good. Uh, Going to be having some lunch with him and talking a little business. So excited to get some chicken at the Chicken Goop. Uh, Lee Sterling joins us next. ParamountSports.com. We'll go over the championship games from this uh, coming weekend. As we take you until noon, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.9. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Lee Sterling back with us as we take a look at uh, Championship Week, uh, ParamountSports.com. Lee, as always, we appreciate you coming on, but so, so we don't run out of time. What um, what have you got going on as far as you know? Bowl season is on the horizon, etc. What do you want to share with our audience? What we've done, we've done a bang up job this time of year. Last year we went, uh, we went 27 of the 36 games from the start Jeez. of December all the way through the Super Bowl. They want to hop on board, just go to ParamountSports.com. You get December or through the Super Bowl, check it out or call us 800-400-9741. Lee, it's championship Saturday. Well, Friday night, in fact, when we get things started with a couple of games, but let's go first to the one where they dub it just means more. The SEC championship game, Alabama getting six and a half points against the Georgia Bulldogs. So if you look at the numbers, I mean, the, the Alabama offense is right there. I mean, seventh and fifth in total in scoring offense. But what's crazy is the dogs are actually better. First, third, second, and first in total rushing, passing, and scoring offense. There's just something missing. I think it's a combination, the play calling. I think every play, it's one or two players or just, you know, not getting separation maybe from a receiver or an offensive lineman's missing a block or a quarterback's missing a read. So um, there's no room for error against this Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. They are second to none. And uh, bam, I mean, they couldn't run away from, from teams like Arkansas. They won by seven. I mean, uh, they only scored 22 points on Auburn and won 22-20 in three overtimes. Georgia beat these teams by 37 and 24 points here. Just like Ohio State, how they dominated Michigan for a decade. Mm-hmm. Hey, times change. History trends are just that. History. Georgia, 31-17. Uh, Cincinnati's in a great spot. They're four. A lot of folks feel that if they hold serve, that they're going to be in, not knowing what's going to happen around them. They're a 10.5-point favorite over Houston. Big spot. A lot of eyeballs will be watching this Cincinnati team. Do they need to win big? Will they? 
I think they need to win probably by a touchdown or more. I think the pressure's on this team. So there's not much difference between them and Houston. Houston's so under the radar. I mean, they lost their first game of the year against Texas Tech, and they've reeled off 11 straight wins all by more than a touchdown. Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for Cincinnati, great. But so is Clayton Toon, third-year starter for Houston. He's a dual-threat quarterback. So I'm just watching the Cincinnati team, and I'm seeing a lot of just – a lot of times they'll go four or five minutes where they'll have a couple breakdowns and they're up by three touchdowns, and it's a touchdown game here. Houston, everyone thinks of them as a, this wild open offense. Well, number six defense in the land. I think they have the best player on the field and cornerback returner Marcus Jones here. I think Cincinnati wins this game, but it goes down to the wire, 31-27. 31-27, and that's a cover. Let's go to Baylor, Oklahoma State, playing for supremacy in the Big 12. And maybe a berth in, in the semifinals. And, you know, if, if you just looked at the score of the Oklahoma State game against Baylor the first game of the year, you're like, okay, they won by 10, might be closer. But if you watch that game, the Cowboys dominated. They out-yardaged Baylor 401 to 280. They had 14 more first downs, dominated the clock. Uh, if it wasn't for the 3-0 turnover disadvantage, uh, they win the game by 20 to 30 points here. And Bohannon, the quarterback for Baylor, boy, is he struggling down the stretch. Last four games, five touchdowns, but five interceptions. I'm going to back the Cowboys here, 30-14. to 14. Boy, with the Big 12 officials and all uh, people upstairs there, love to see them get a team into the Final Four. Oklahoma State, 30-14. to 14. Let's go to Indianapolis where the Wolverines, not the Buckeyes, will be waiting for the Hawkeyes. Michigan is a 10.5-point favorite over Iowa. Yeah, and, and Michigan, great game plan last week. I mean, they just took the heart out of, out of Ohio State, and once they got the lead, um, just kept running the ball right down their throat here. I don't think they're going to be able to do that uh, anywhere close to Iowa. But, I mean, this is a team really doesn't have many weaknesses here. Uh, their offense with Haskins and Quorum, these two guys combined for over 2,000 yards rushing, 28 touchdowns. And their defense, uh, laid by Aiden Hutchinson, 32 sacks, holding opponents to 54% completion percentage and just three yards a carry over the last four games. So, I mean, it's tough for Iowa. You seem like almost celebrating every time they get a first down here unless they pull off a couple maybe trick plays and hit on them and they're maybe plus two or more in turnover advantage. I don't see it. I think Michigan's the right side. 34-13. 34-13. 34-13, an Iowa streak of holding teams under 30 points would come to an end. We finish up with Sunday Night Football. Kansas City welcomes in Denver, another double-digit spread here, Chiefs by 10. Yeah, and everyone was was all over uh, Denver. They're saying, oh, they made a mistake at quarterback, should have drafted Mac Jones. But uh, look at their first two picks, Patrick Sertain, quarterback, two interceptions last week. Javante Williams running back out of North Carolina, I mean, running and catching the ball all over the place. So uh, he and Melvin Gordon, a great one-two punch, and uh, they got that Patrick Chubb last week. So I-, I think Kansas City's the better team, but double digits might be too much. I, I think Kansas City wins 31-24, to but I'll take the 10 points in Denver. Yeah, well, I hope it's close. As a Broncos fan, that's all I can ask. Well, let's get to your game of the week because I don't think they're going to win. I'd be—I hope to be pleasantly surprised. Cincinnati, those Bengals, boy, this is um, this is a good team. This is one of the stories, one of the turnaround stories of this year. Chargers—you never know what you're going to get week to week. Bengals are favored by a field goal. If the audience wants more information on this, Lee, what do they do? 
big game here. I mean, two teams looking to try to get in the playoffs uh, for the first time in a long time. Just call 800-400-9741. We'll give you that game for free. Cincinnati and the Chargers on me. 800-400-9741. If you want to hop on board for Double Down December, just 297 through the end of December or through the Super Bowl mid-February, just 497. Go right now. ParamountSports.com. So we get you right before the Bulls kick off, right? So about yep. this, uh, and then uh, Super Bowl week. So we only got a couple more appearances with you. Yeah, yeah, a few hours before the Bulls kick off that Friday, but uh, we'll, we'll come with five or six strong uh, college bowl games for you. Good stuff, Lee Sterling. Thank you. ParamountSports.com. Okay, Lee, thank t- you. take care. Good to talk to you, Lee Sterling. His plays of the week: Michigan, big, big. They score 34 on Iowa? No. I don't see it. I don't think 34. I don't know if Iowa gets to 13, though. <laughs> they celebrate when they get a first down. It's like the old days. <laughs> uh, we will kick things off with Wade Looking, Bill. We're going to switch to basketball. But we'll get back to football with Bill Bennett from the Sporting News. As Trent and I take you until noon, Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. KXNO.